Welcome to Now Charleston. I'm Sam Spence. It's Monday, June 20th. Now Charleston takes a look at a handful of issues three times a week and tells you why they're important. Hope you all had a good weekend. One of those hot ones that didn't really let up, huh? Let's run through a few headlines for your Monday, shall we? You probably heard a little bit about Juneteenth over the weekend, the holiday marking the notification of the emancipation of enslaved people in Galveston, Texas. But what about when that event took place in Charleston? We'll take a look. A series of properties along a meandering Blackwater River near Charleston could be next in line for preservation with a new state park. A plan to punish gun offenders in South Carolina along with a national proposal that hinges on the faulty system that failed to flag the man who committed the race-motivated murders in Charleston. All that and more, starting now. Juneteenth, celebrated on June 19th over the weekend, marks the date when federal military troops told residents of Galveston, Texas, that slavery was no longer the law of the land and that enslaved people were now free. Juneteenth became a federal holiday in 2021, though a lot of states, including in South Carolina, uh, do not give government workers the day off on Juneteenth. So Texas residents were the last ones to hear in June 1865 about the enactment of emancipation, right? Um, what about that reaction in Charleston, which came in February of the same year? Here's Nick Butler from the Charleston County Library in a 2020 edition of his Charleston Time Machine podcast. The first blush of emancipation celebration in Charleston in the spring of 1865 culminated with an elaborate spectacle and parade on March 21st. The Freedmen's Jubilee, as the press called it, was organized by the black elders of both Zion and Bethel Methodist churches and included more than 4,000 participants. Assembling between noon and 2 p.m. on Citadel Green, now Marion Square, the revelers marched behind a pair of mounted black marshals, 50 butchers with the bright banner, and the 21st Regiment of United States Colored Troops with their band, which included many South Carolina natives. The procession followed King Street south to White Point Garden, up East Bay to Broad Street, and from Meeting Street back to the Public Green. The parade included other bands, clergymen, firemen, tradesmen, clubs, and more than 1,800 children dressed in their finest threads. One especially creative cart carried women and children whose hands were bound with rope, while a mock auctioneer harangued the crowd with the now-banished words of the now-illegal slave sale. They were followed by a hearse carrying an elaborately decorated coffin bearing the inscription, Slavery is dead, and followed by a train of mourners dressed in black. So, why no celebration of emancipation in Charleston in springtime? Here's Nick Butler again. Unlike the people of Galveston, Texas, who chose to commemorate the date on which they first heard the news of emancipation, June 19th, the newly freed people of Charleston did not mark the anniversary of their freedom on February 18th, the day the Union soldiers entered the city and told them that they were free. Nor did they establish a tradition of repeating the Freedmen's Jubilee of March 21st. 
They chose instead the first day of January, the date of President Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation, and in 1866 inaugurated an unbroken tradition of celebrating that date each year as Emancipation Day. Links to Nick Butler's podcast and other information about Juneteenth and Emancipation Day in Charleston at nowcharleston.com. A coalition of conservation groups are pushing to protect miles of coastline along the Black River. If I told you to point out the Black River on a map, where would you point? Well, the the Black River is a slow-moving blackwater river that flows through the area between Charleston and Myrtle Beach, emptying into the PD River uh, in Georgetown. That's one of the rivers you cross on Highway 17, just north of Georgetown. The Black River is comparable to the Edisto River on the other side of Charleston in terms of how it flows and the ecosystem along the waterway. These these Blackwater rivers are actually pretty unique, um, not only just in the U.S., but in the in the southeastern U.S., unique really in the world. Um, they usually flow and empty into swampy, low-lying areas, which mean they're especially vulnerable to the impacts of development. South Carolina's newest state park is actually planned along the Black River, the first actually in 20 years. The coalition that's working to preserve some of this land is looking to raise $45 million to connect a series of public and private lands to provide access to the public along the route. That's like trails, camping, water access, etc., and conserve the property. The conservation is actually also a flood mitigation strategy, um, supporters say. Less development in those areas means more available land to soak up floodwaters when waterways overflow between the PD and the low country. Supporters are seeking funds from state, local, federal, and private sources. And finally, a two-part story on gun crime for you. Part one, federal prosecutors say they're changing the normal rules to allow more gun crimes that would normally be tried in state court to be tried in federal court, where penalties can be stronger. Uh, Posting Courier story, um, links to these at nowcharleston.com, describes situations where one specific gun-related crime carries a five-year penalty in South Carolina, that has a 10-year penalty in federal court. This discrepancy is apparently something that state prosecutors have been asking South Carolina lawmakers to uh, fix for a while um, to make state gun penalties more punitive to prevent criminals from carrying guns. Normally, repeat offenders are the people who have their crimes tried in federal court instead of state court um, after they've already been through state court a few times in an effort to prevent more offenses down the road. Charleston Chief Luther Reynolds told the Posting Courier that the changes would mostly be used in cases of violent repeat offenders, the small number of criminals that commit a large chunk of local crime, he said. And part two, that bipartisan gun reform measure that you may have heard about that's been hashed out in the U.S. Senate leans heavily, according to a New York Times story over the weekend, on the federal background check system uh, that's the main way prohibited carriers are flagged when they try to buy guns in the U.S. It's also the same system that did not flag Dylan Roof from buying the handgun used to commit the Emanuel AME Church shooting seven years ago. Normally, the databases are critical pieces of the public safety measures that prevent prohibited carriers from getting guns, completing millions of checks a year, mostly without fault. Uh, 41 million checks in all in 2021. But obviously it has some shortcomings. And even so, you get others out there who defend these databases in the system as okay in principle, but say, you know, somehow that the way it's used leaves open some vulnerabilities. 
gun reformers have been trying to fix broken or vulnerable gun laws in the U.S. forever. But this is just one of the things that goes to show you what they're up against. Even a system with obvious flaws built in concert with gun manufacturers programmed into our culture of gun ownership has its boosters. All this is part of this bipartisan gun reform measure that you're hearing about in the U.S. Senate right now. Links to these stories at nowcharleston.com. That's all I've got for you today. If you have feedback for the show, you can leave a voice message at 843-474-1319 or email sam at nowcharleston.com. If you can rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now, that's a big help also. And as always, check nowcharleston.com for links and notes from today's show. To make sure you don't miss anything, follow twitter.com slash nowcharleston and instagram.com slash nowcharleston. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back on Wednesday with the next Now Charleston.